0: Yes lads, here we are, ICC Keeping the High Balls Low, brought to you by Gary Barlow Productions. Pleased to say we have tonight with us Mr Christopher Woodcock and Mrs Louise Watson, according to your screen, or Mr David Weir. How are we lads, we good? Yeah, all good, all good.
1: Yes mate, delighted to be a part of your first panel show.
0: Excellent. Great to have you, but we'll kick straight off. We'll get right into the nitty-gritty. Old firm game was yesterday. One each to score. Rangers, title number 55. I'll just say for the viewers right now, it's a picture seeing you, both of your faces. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm sure everyone's looking to know what your thoughts on the games were. Big Davey, what's your thoughts? Game of two halves, Celtic deserve to come out on top?
2: I thought the game itself was a little bit of an anti-climax, to be honest. The I thought there was a very slow start. First 15, 20 minutes, it just didn't feel like an old firm game. Um, it almost felt very um, down-tempo, quite easy going, nothing dramatic, no real pressure on the ball from either team, almost just a keep the ball, you know, you're not going to break me down kind of attitude. And I thought oh, overall... Rangers probably had an attitude of, well, "We're not going to lose this game," and Celtic probably overall didn't have enough about them just now in terms of confidence to actually go in and win the game. In general balance, I thought Rangers, or sorry, Celtic, probably edged it just ever so slightly, but there really wasn't much in it between the two teams.
0: It was, uh, it was a it was it was a bit of a strange one because there was so I'd heard so many things before the game kicked off. There was quite a few people fancying maybe it gonna be a bit of a towsy affair. Celtic obviously looking to derail Rangers quest or maybe going unbeaten. Um and then obviously Rangers just coming off the back of a very emotionally charged game on Thursday night. But um a couple of Celtic certainly had were on the and the early parts of the game we look to take the game to Rangers and probably deservedly went one one up. Christopher, what was that like? That moment was that one of the one of the only sort of positive moments of this season? Uh, okay, probably similar
1: to A bit, bit of a damp squib. Um Celtic, I think, are probably a better team in terms of chances created. Um Rangers have done what Rangers have done all season, just been solid, good shape, consistent. To be bit leggy for Thursday night, didn't really get up the part much. Um, but story of Celtic season never took their chances, never put the ball in the net, and then conceded a goal for a set piece, which is, has just been their downfall this season. So, great result for Police Scotland, probably. One each, everybody's happy. Um, Celtic put on a decent enough showing, Rangers were just happy, probably not to get beat because it means they're still unbeaten. Um and I think McGregor would probably be man of the match, to be honest. A couple of good stays, which he's done all season. He's you know, probably been good for 10, 12 points for Rangers this season. Um, I think the lack of fans was probably I'd summed up by that game. Just in the atmosphere, no tempo in the game. Over the course of the season, Rangers have probably benefited for not having the fans and the pressure of having to go and win, whereas Celtic have probably suffered for not having the fans in terms of being that 12th man to get them up the park when they're not playing so well. Um, but aye, no. I, it was probably summed up by uh, Rangers. If you were to ask me who their player of the season was, Rangers, I wouldn't be able to tell you because everybody's just put a shift in. There's no one standout player and that was probably the same in the game on Sunday. Nobody was outstanding for Rangers, but everybody just put a shift in. So I uh, everybody's happy at the end of the day probably, but um, obviously not a great season for Celtic.
0: And obviously Morelos getting on the score sheet. That was a a very sweet moment for him. But um, Edward had a couple of chances as well. Obviously, as you say, McGregor stopped him for scoring two terrific saves. Um, Celtic were pegged back against them in a play, kind of typical fashion. And their set-piece frailties were exposed, so maybe we could get McClements in, maybe on the coaching pitch for some front post-terrorism, you know what I mean? A bit of work on the training ground and see what could happen there. But as much as it was a bit of a dead rubber, Um, what did we learn from the game I mean it's difficult to take a lot from that from a Celtic point of view Edwards, Link, up with Elanoussi it was the source of a lot of their best play but it faded in the second half again it's like you guys are saying many other performances but there are still some encouraging signs for sure as much as lacking that conviction in the final third Um, as for Rangers their job for the season is done in the sense of winning the league um, with plenty to spare and it's a draw that obviously suits them in their quest for going invincible um this league league campaign. Um what's next for both both teams? Obviously the remaining fixtures, I don't know if you've seen them yet. If you're or if you're that bothered as a Celtic men, you know what I
2: mean? I was thinking that what Woody said there about the Celtic performance kind of was summed up by just not taking the chances. I thought Morelos scoring what is his fifty Fifth Rangers goal, would that be right?
0: Obsessed, David. You know, you know, no, you know more
2: than we do, big man. They were just talking about it quite a bit on the coverage, and I thought that probably just probably just sums up Rangers season. The fact that it was written probably in what was his fifteenth old firm attempt that he was going to get a goal that marked the same as the fifty-five that keeps getting blighted about in a moment. So, I think in many ways that the last two old firm games for me. Um, Rangers have looked quite ordinary but Celtic can't take advantage of that and again that probably sums up what Woody was saying about Rangers have just been so effective they haven't been you know glamorous they haven't been brilliant football to watch um, but they've got results and keeping what is it that was a 10th goal maybe that they've conceded in a league this season so I mean that's just ridiculous stats in terms of been stingy so I thought the past two old-firm games were summed up like that but in terms of what happens next and when you were touching on the elanousi Edward link-up that's probably the best that two Celtic strikers have linked up for a long time probably since Edward and Dembele and then they weren't even together for that long but I don't see Elanousi staying I don't see Laxalt staying Duffy better no stay eh? um, so hopefully it does plenty- <laughs> aye there's going to be a difference in opinion there definitely but in terms of the changes that are going to happen at Celtic it's huge and you would think the Rangers changes probably won't be quite as big
1: Chris what are you thinking? Um, aye just just uh, just similar to probably probably very similar to what Davey said I mean you've got wee Morelos or like the Columbia and Alan McClements what I mean like every team that play against them wants to just punch them in the face all the time um, but no, he done obviously well to get his goal done well to get his goal do you know what I mean but um, whether he stays or not who knows um, I think a bigger issue might be trying to keep older Gerrard if a attempting job comes up um, so we'll see we'll see if that develops and then obviously Celtic as well uh, I don't think there's anybody standing out I'm not a standout candidate for the Celtic job at the moment which is a bit of a concern um, but obviously whoever gets it'll be tasked with making changes and um, uh, David said, I think a lot of the loan signings will no state. I think they'll all go back to their parent clubs and then uh and there's, there's uh, it's, a, it's a major rebuilding job as well uh, for Celtic. Um rangers wise I think they'll just be looking to keep the momentum going player player wise just keep as many bodies as they can. I think Davis just signed a new one year deal it's probably quite a good move. Um but I just just retained that balance of experience Davis Defoe and also look to bring one or two of the younger boys through, like the boy Patterson, uh, right back. Um, he'll maybe look like to kick on in the next couple of seasons if he can stop his partying during COVID. But uh that's another issue for another podcast maybe sometime. Um uh, but aye, no, no complaints. Rangers were the best team over the course of the season. So um well done, Ali. Enjoy your party.
2: Fraser, you were asking a wee bit about the you were asking a wee bit about the the remaining fixtures. I think that's one of the things that the SPL actually does well is the the split because it means then that if you're chasing a title, which obviously isn't happening at the moment, but Rangers are still chasing an undefeated season and the other end of the table is obviously relegation. You're playing against what are the best teams of the season and you're playing against the teams round about you down at the bottom. So whichever fixtures come out in terms of home or away for Rangers, they're only what, five games away from now an undefeated league season, but they're coming up against some teams that have proven to be their hardest teams, probably. Livingston being one of them. Um, I know Rangers haven't conceded a lot of goals, but, you know, Livy was a 0-0 draw um, in the first game of the season. And then, again, Almond Vale, Morelos got that goal goal very late on. Um, Hibbs was another one, 2-2, at the beginning of the season. And then two 1-0 victories against Hibbs, So in many ways, Hibs and Levy have given Rangers more trouble than Celtic have. So with those games still to come in the post-split, it will actually be really difficult, probably for Rangers to see out the rest of the season undefeated. And I was a wee bit surprised, even though it was probably just for the media media's sake, I was a wee bit surprised that Gerald said the undefeated streak was a sideshow, because I'm pretty sure behind the scenes... It's got to be a target now, and it's got to be the objective for the rest of the season.
0: Definitely, I think Gerald as well. Like the mantra has always been, "One game at a time." A bit cliche, and all, all, the rest of it, but it's served Rangers really well so far. Um, and going back to Chris's point about keeping hold of Gerald, I, I don't think that'll be a problem. I think you. I think it's no mistake the fact that him and Klopp both signed deals with Rangers and Liverpool for the next couple of years. Um, not to, that's not to say that Gerrard would go straight into the Liverpool hot seat at the end of that contract period if it, if, if that's the way things pan out. But I think we're getting the first trophy in the bag, potentially a second, if they have a good Scottish Cup run, and then obviously a crack at the Champions League next year. Um, Rangers finished the season at Homey Aberdeen on the 15th of May. Um, but what we've also got is the next, old, there's one more old firm uh, obviously still to come as well. Um, an interesting battle for the conference places I mean Celtic have got Aberdeen and Hibs caught in their you know what I mean in their clothes tails, so he's looking over your shoulders for that one but it'll be interesting to see how that, how that pans out certainly other things to play for in around round um, the league the next Rangers Celtic game by the way being on Sunday the 2nd of May a lunchtime kick-off at Brooks. but again both still in the Scottish Cup Scottish Cup could be, it could be a really positive way for Celtic to finish the season um, with a trophy in the cabinet. But equally, it could be really big for Rangers to go on and get uh, a domestic double. Real real interest going to be in focus around that um, as well, around the top six European places up for grabs in the league. What are we thinking? Cup run for Celtic, is that the priority now? I think
1: so. Aye, it's, uh, it's a chance for one or two players maybe to stake the claim to be kept at the club um, Well, those maybe that are on loan I don't think many want to stay but if they, they have designs on staying then maybe a wee cup medal cup run uh, I think Celtic get Falkirk or Ar- Arbroath is in the second round and then they get Celtic in the third round so should take care of either team um, Rangers I think I've got Cove Rangers in the third round so that should be a, a walk in the park for them as well um, but aye, no, you fancy you fancy both teams to, do, to go for a decent cup run Um in terms of the cup fixtures, I think Brorah, Brora Rain Re- is it Brorah Rangers versus Hearts in the second round? Watched Hearts a couple of times in Telly, they don't seem to be up too much this year, even though they're kind of romping the championship, but they're not playing well. So uh, that's probably the pick of the, the rounds a bit. I'm, I'm sure the usual teams will come to the four in the cup, but uh, aye, still a wee bit to
0: play for, keep a wee bit interest in the season, definitely. So what do we think? The prospect in Old Firm Cup final, Saturday 22nd of May at Hamden, Davy.
2: Yeah, I mean, they're always the favourites, aren't they? To both get to the final, unless they meet each other on the way. But I think the League Cup final showed as well between Levy and St. Johnson that there are there are other teams in the Premier League, maybe not below that, um, but in the Premier League who could get there. And I think that that Cup final showed how much it means to other teams that when, when the opportunity comes up, you wouldn't fear Celtic at the moment, either at Celtic Park or at their home ground, whoever it was, Rangers are a different prospect. So yeah, usual every chance of an old firm final, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be holding my breath for Celtic making it to the final just for many reasons. You know, one being a caretaker manager. I think that seems to be the the done thing at the moment that you don't change it towards the end of the season. You just let somebody see out the season. And as much as John Kennedy's doing an admirable job, I'm not quite sure he's getting any kind of bounce off the players at the moment because I think the last few fixtures, Dundee United, the Tannadice, and then the Rangers game um, yesterday just showed that, that they're, they're doing okay, but they're not doing anything spectacular. So, I as much as I hate to say it, more likely a Rangers Cup final appearance than a Celtic one, but it would be good to finish the season for both those teams if it was to be an old-firm final.
0: We'll wait and see what happens, but hopefully something to look forward to. Um, and alongside that, moving on, we've got Champions League, Europa League last day. Obviously, no Scottish teams involved in either. Champions League draw just made last week. You've Man City at home to Dortmund in the first leg, Porto at home to Chelsea, Bayern at home to PSG and Real at home to Liverpool. Um, the semi-final draw on for that is the Bayern PSG winners play Man City-Dortmund and the Madrid-Liverpool winners play Porto-Chelsea. So, a couple of tasty ties in there. Bayern's still going strong. I saw a bit of their game at the weekend, and like even down to nine men, they were just absolutely annihilating whoever they were coming up against. And with they've got a guy that's just just an absolute goal machine. So, I, I, they were my tip last year to win the Champions League, um, and I'm sticking with them this year, but I've got a wee funny feeling about Man City. I, I just, I don't know what it is, but um, I'd like to see I'd like
1: to see Bayern win it what are you thinking lads? I think uh, I think I think Madrid Liverpool's probably tied tie of the round um, because neither team are playing that well so um, but two big teams so it will be worth a watch um, Bayern and PSG are probably a bit gutted to get each other because they pro- probably both think they're going to have a chance of winning it Um Porto Chelsea will both probably be delighted because again they'll probably both think how we can beat each other. And um, Chelsea have steadied the ship a wee bit with that new boy in charge. Um Man City Dortmund is probably the Highlands audition because I can see him ending up at Man City and Aguero's on the way out in the summer. So Haaland's probably Man City's a logical move if I'm looking to replace him. So this is his chance to show that he can do it against them, and and seal that transfer in the summer. Um, but aye, fairly fairly open. No standout no standout team. I don't think in terms of. Man City, probably get their eyes on winning it, but never actually managed to, to get over the line. So Bayern are always good, strong team. But if they meet each other in the semis, potentially, then it could be Chelsea, Chelsea-Liverpool, Chelsea-Madrid, the other semi. Nah, it's all to play for. But uh, I definitely think uh, Madrid-Liverpool is a game to be watching. That'll be intense stuff.
0: As you say about Haaland, his, his numbers are... Like, they speak for themselves. He's 20 goals and 14... Champions League um, appearances he's just he's just frightening um, absolute quality as you say maybe a bit of an addiction for what's coming next Dortmund 5th in the Bundesliga struggling a little bit um, I know Davey an avid fan of German football and obviously been to, to Dortmund as well what's your thoughts?
2: Yeah Dortmund or my my team my German team teams all over the world but Dortmund are my German team and uh, yeah yeah they did well to get through the previous round, but I think this is probably the end for them. Almost, I think, whoever they would have drawn, um, because again, they're under caretaker management as well, waiting for the München Gladbach coach to come in um for next season. And nobody wanted Man City, like every every team in that draw, even Bayern Munich in some way, would have wanted to avoid Man City. And unfortunately, for Man City, Dortmund, Bayern Munich, and PSG. They've all ended up getting in each other's way before the final now. And the other side of the draw will be delighted. You know, Real Madrid, Liverpool, Chelsea, Porto. I think you could make an argument that Chelsea now look the strongest out of that side of the draw to make the final. um, Just because of Tuchel, just because of what he's done. Like Woody was saying, he steadied the ship. They're just miserly. You know, they're not giving away any goals. They're not scoring too many, but they just don't look like conceding many goals at all. And yeah, the the, the other side of the draw, Man City do look unstoppable a little bit. And it's a bit of a shame. Man City-Bayern probably would have been the showpiece final. And I think that'll probably be the semi-final. And hopefully it's not one of those years where the semi-final's actually better than the final. But that would be the one I think that everybody tunes into.
0: Set up nicely A wee um, lighter Brighter weather We've got the kind of Finality All the domestic stuff European football And then Obviously the internationals The Euros That we'll talk a little bit uh, With the national stuff uh, Shortly What about the Europa League We've got Man United um, Up against Granada Um, Or Granada at home To Man United Should I say in the first leg We've got Arsenal Against Slavia Prague uh, Ajax home to Roma and then Dynamo Zagreb at home to Valerial so two British teams two English teams left in that the, the winners of Granada Man United will face Ajax Roma in the semi-final and then the winners of Dynamo Zagreb Valerial will play Arsenal Slavia Prague again some, some teams there with some right tasty players maybe just that level just, just below the Champions League but Ajax got to the final against Man United a couple of years ago um are I'll are, are, are but again, I don't. I don't think there's anybody really standing out head and shoulders above, above for that one. But I'd quite like to see somebody different getting their name in the trophy this year. What are you thinking?
1: Um, hopefully Slavia Prague get to the final. Just so Rangers can say, oh but the team that won it put us out, so we're so close to winning it. No, um, man, you. I think need to win it. Torkshire's on a bit of a up and down one minute they're flying next minute he's under pressure so uh, i am not seeing much like Granada but I'm, I'm guessing Manuel will get through there Arsenal will do Slavia I think um, again Arsenal a bit up and down but they should have enough to, to see Slavia off uh, Roma the boy Smalling's at centre half for Roma but he's injured at the moment I think he had an outside chance of maybe starting for England in the Euros in the summer if he had been injured because I think he was playing well for Roma but yeah uh, if He's been out for a period of time, then maybe that's not going to happen. Um, and, and Zagreb, Villarreal, Villarreal have got the boy back up front that used to play with AC Milan, and another boy called Ebora, he's a good player as well. Um, and uh, the boy from Evans on loan at Villarreal, Funes Mori, he's a good player as well. So, it's one or two players that folk might be familiar with, but um, uh, Vill- Villarreal are one of the English teams for me, probably. Um, to go all the way, uh, I'd like to see. An English team versus Villarreal in a final, just so Villarreal can beat them, and then all the English press gonna melt them because they think they've got the best league in the world, and they don't. So,
0: um,
1: aye, Villarreal for me. I'm just very impressed.
2: Just very impressed that we've all got some notes here. I thought I might be the only one that prepared some notes, but no, we're all sounding very knowledgeable. Um, no, I I think the Europa League really gets started and in, in and about now. You know, last sixteen, last. Last day, I think it's fair to say that if you're in it it's really interesting and you can understand why Rangers have been so interested in it in the last couple of years because they've done really well but it, it, it's really now that you think the big teams or if you're still in it it's your route to the Champions League and basically for these teams if any one of them was to make the Champions League it would be an achievement um, man you you would think will do it through the league but Ajax were a good example where they made the Champions League final and then the following year they had to qualify for the Champions League. So for a lot of these teams, it, it is it's a Champions League, the surprise. And I think I, I disagree with Woody on the Slavia Prague one. I, take taking the, the controversial nonsense away from, from Slavia Prague and just taking the football stuff. They look decent. Um Leicester obviously got a bit of a surprise off them. Um, Rangers I know that some people were talking about Rangers fancied it as a tie but I think they're just showing that they've got a lot about them in terms of their organisation they can obviously score some goals some crackers as well and like Woody said Arsenal are just so on down that you don't really know what Arsenal you're going to get so I wouldn't be surprised if Slavia Prague put Arsenal out Ajax and Roma is a tie of the round I think either one of them and putting each other out. The other one's got to fancy the final, you would think. But I agree with Woody as well. you have got to win it. And Granada have had a really good season in La Liga. And they've obviously done really well to get to this stage, putting out a few decent teams on the way. And although Manu should get through, because they obviously scalped Real Sociedad, um, and you'd think Granada are probably in for the same from Manu. But yeah, interest in Zagreb. I mean, Zagreb will just be loving it, having put out Tottenham, um, and now getting Real. They'll fancy their chances too. So I think it's a very open quarter final, um, but definitely gets your interest the Europa League at this stage.
0: Oh, well, definitely. We've got the final in Gdańsk, Poland, on the 26th of May. So I think, if I'm um, right, there's connotations there as well for for the, the Scottish coefficient um, in regards to. For, for Europe this year with the English teams because Liverpool been out of the, the top four as it stands but if they go on and win the Champions League I think that has some kind of knock-on effect for, for Scotland's places so I'm sure we'll all be watching uh, keenly but what we're doing now is just a, a wee rollback it's been a, a couple of years uh, down the line now since both Rangers and Celtic got to the, the Europa League finals Celtic got to Seville 2003 against Porto and Rangers obviously in 2008 at Manchester against Zena, what's your memories, lads? We'll go with you guys first. being to Celtic fans, two thousand and three. Where did you watch the game? Were you, were you there? What's your memories?
1: Um, I, I I just watched it at home. to be honest. Um, I, see, when it comes to watching reels and Celtic, I'm quite happy with one company. That's me, just being usual boring money bastard that I am. But uh, I'm glad you I'm glad you I, said that. Yeah, I, I know, but I just I just. I can't be watching Celtic or Rangers before I've got the, the green tinted or the blue tinted glasses on. So I just sat in the house and watched it. And uh back in the, back in the days when Rangers and Celtic had the really good teams as opposed to just the mediocre teams we both go to at the moment. But um but aye, nah, just just a really good effort for Martin Neil Celtic back in the day. And obviously in hindsight, you're looking back thinking, should you have made an effort to go over and, and, and get involved in the whole thing, the, the how many thousands went over at the time? But ugh, it, it's I can not believe it was 18 years ago to be honest. That's wild. But um I know just 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 for uh, a tad unlucky to a very uh a very switched on portal when it came to uh, killing a game and seeing it out and stuff. But um diving. Aye, yes, aye. They, uh, no, but it was uh, aye, it was obviously really good and it'll, it'll come around again I'm sure I don't know I don't, I don't ever see Celtic Rangers getting to the Champions League final but uh, I don't think especially past couple of seasons um, both Rangers and Celtic have a decent results in Europe at Europa League level so I, I'm going to say it's impossible in the future for, for either of them again to get to a European final at some point um, but I know certainly certainly back in 2003 it was uh, fond memories fond memories
2: I think sadly it is a once in a lifetime experience and it's my biggest football support and regret that I think I'll ever have is not making the effort to go. Um, and I had the opportunity to, it was a friend of mine from uni who was going and he was trying to convince me at the time just to go. Um, but I was in my first year out of uni and my first year of full-time work. And I just felt I couldn't do it. I couldn't ask for the time off for a start and I couldn't sneak away to just go like you saw a lot of people on STV with their Larson face masks on so they wouldn't get recognised and then coming back to work on the Monday fully tanned up and people wondering that's a funny flu you had kind of job but um, no I think just I actually have a bizarre ICC connection to this final because I watched it at Stuart Aitken's house with Patil Um, which looking back on it now you think what a weird combination that was Um, especially and I do as much as Pato is a mad blue nose I do remember him being not supportive of Celtic because I wouldn't go that far but being quite generous in his condolences you know when obviously we were absolutely or I was absolutely gutted that it just had been so close and yet so far and the, the actual run to the final itself was phenomenal. Just the, the two battles of Britain with Blackburn and Liverpool. Um, Blackburn in particular, I remember Graham Sunnis being the manager at the time and Gary Flitcroft being very disparaging of Celtic after the first leg, basically saying that it was men against boys and when it came to the second leg, if Celtic scored one then Blackburn would score three kind of thing and yeah, just Putting, putting one over, take take the Celtic thing away. Whenever you get a battle of Britain, you know putting one over on those people who think it's the vastly superior league um, is always a good one. And then just other games, Boavista. I was in I was in Tenerife on holiday for the Boavista semi final, and we'd found an Irish bar to watch the game in, which was absolutely jam packed. It looked as if Celtic were going out because it had been 1-1 in the first leg, which was probably the worst result of the run, because Boavista, talking about the Europa League and Champions League draws, when that draw came up, you're thinking, right, we've not got Porto, we've not got Lazio, we've got Boavista. games are good, and we're going to the final, and then 1-1 at Parkhead in the first leg, and then now-now going into the last 10 minutes in Portugal, Uh, Yeah, I was almost in tears. The fact that we were going to mess it up at that last stage and then Larson, Larson popped up just, uh, it was phenomenal. The the place I was in just went absolutely wild. And one of those, you could totally picture it. We were sitting jam-packed behind a table. I think it might have been Hartson who'd come on probably at the time. I think they were just going hell for leather. Sutton, Hartson, Larson, go for it. And I think it's Hartson that's basically just chested it down into Larson's path. And it's one of those ones where you're half up out of your seat because you know it's falling to the guy who's you want it to fall to it, and it just beats the goalie into the back of the net. And the table and the pints in this pub are all over the place and everybody's just going absolutely wild because you knew at that point then that Bo of Easter were going to do really well to come back and score one, never mind score two, to put you out. So, yeah, just a phenomenal run. Um, massive regret that I didn't go. And I do think it's a once in a lifetime experience that won't come up again for us, unfortunately.
0: You know It's funny as a as a Rangers fan, I remember watching that at an ex girlfriend's house, and it's safe to say it wasn't just Celtic's hearts that were that were broken that night. But that's enough about me on that one. But May of Manchester, two thousand and eight, I actually went down to to the game but, to the city, but couldn't get a ticket. Went down with big Sean McMurphy, Frank Frankie Tank. Um, the day before, I had a brilliant like, night out, and then the day of the game, uh, it was really, really funny, actually, because it was just a pure carnival atmosphere, obviously, Rangers fans took over the city. But um, at the time, I worked in the, the Red Fruit area, doing sports development, so I was working in some schools and communities. And as you probably know, both of you as well, working with kids, certainly when there's a football interest, they're dying to know what team you support. So I'd, I'd been working in the rental area for about two years by this point. Um, the final came around and I managed to keep it a secret and I was a Rangers fan. You know, I was just trying to keep it professional and stuff. Now, I always did say I supported Liverpool because that is my, my other team and I was coaching with St Mern at the time so I would always sort of palm it off with St Mern and Liverpool. St Mern being the local team, Liverpool, my, another childhood team. And anyway, you can picture the scene it's like a scorching day on the Wednesday day, the final. It's not even lunchtime yet and we're cutting through one of the, the fan zones and I've got my Rangers top, my Rangers scarf on and I've got like a 24 pack of cider over my shoulders and we're walking through to meet up with a bunch of other guys that were down there and we're cutting through this fan zone and of course half our entry is there and so are all these kids who've all been dogging school and they are all there with the most and the does and the point where we like, we knew you supported Rangers all along so um, the, day, the night of the game obviously... Um, didn't work out the way that we wanted and then came back up the next day and I was working in through that night and by the time I got back up that night like all the kids knew even the kids that weren't there that I supported Rangers. so the cat was out of the bag but um, I, I think these like are you, like both same good good memories hopefully down the line we might maybe really get a Scottish team back into the latter stages again but not to be this year but anyway that leads on to maybe a little bit more sort of hope and optimism good feeling around Scottish football um, around Scotland team we've got the Euros coming up in summer which I'm sure we're all buzzing looking forward to um, even the England games for the, the English Scottish fans out there but the Scotland squad was, was confirmed just last week some interesting choices we've got Che Adams getting called up for the first time he's 24 been cap of England under 20s but he qualifies for Scotland through he drank a can of Iron Brew once um, that's actually a grandparent rule and we've also Kevin Nisbet from Hubs and Jack Kendry is recalled. What's your thoughts on the squad, lads? Any surprises? Anyone, anyone missing? Anyone you think should have been there?
1: I think uh, I'm surprised because these three games cannot World Cup qualifiers. But obviously maybe COVID's knocked on the head plans for for pre-tournament friendlies and stuff like that. We might have got a look at these guys. Um I think Jay Adams will probably play one of the games just so he's got a cap, and then that's him committed to Scotland. So he'll probably play at some point. But I think certainly against Austria, Clark will just go with go with faithful, tried and trusted, and trusted individuals that have got us to the Euros. To be honest, so um, in terms of team selection, I don't I don't see any great change. I think Marshall's an injury doubt actually, um, potentially. So maybe Craig Gordon and goals. But um, but no, I don't I don't see him deviating too much for for the the. the that have got us to the Euros in the summer um, obviously Austria out of the three games Austria is maybe going to be the hardest one Israel we've played about 20 times in the past two years so we should know them inside out and the Pharaoh should take care of itself but um, and i know take, take a draw with Austria and then uh, maybe 1-0 against Israel and 1-0, 1-0 against Pharaohs would do us I think that's the way Clark's done a no bad job I think in terms of of steadying the ship and making us hard to beat and yeah uh, and we'll see how we go. But obviously, the, the bigger picture is the, the Euros in the summer. But um, I don't know, David, what do you think about the upcoming games?
2: Yeah, I actually think um, looking at the squad, there's an irony that had we not made the Euros, I have a feeling this squad would have been quite different. I think it would have been a good opportunity to shed some of the dead skin that's lying in the squad. Um, I'm sure we could probably pick out people in that squad that you still can't believe are involved in it. But that's probably down to loyalty more than anything because we have um, over the years had tons of players and managers who have failed um, to do the job. And so you've got to kind of go with a squad that's done the job. You've got to kind of give them a chance even though it's not the most convincing squad to go and do anything in the Euros. you kind of got to stick with it. So like Woody was saying about the friendlies, I think that would have been a great opportunity to kind of try other people. But with being World Cup qualifiers, you need to get off to a good start. And the Austria game, I'm quite a fan of having the, the tougher games first. You know, get them get them out of the way. Regardless of the result, if you win or if you get a point, like Woody was saying, that's a decent um take from your opponents who would be the, the main opponents for qualifying, you would think you just can't lose can not lose to Austria. I think that's the big thing. Um, if you get off to a bad start you're chasing it and then Israel is a a tricky one you know these games against Israel there's not much in them at all Um, the old kind of cliche about familiarity breeding contempt I think between these two teams they probably do cancel each other out a wee bit because they probably see each other as direct opponents I don't think Scotland should see Israel as a direct opponent but I think Israel will probably see Scotland as that, and try and take some points off them early, which would be a big boost to them too. So, aye, the fixtures are are a good run of fixtures all the way through the qualifying campaign. We've got games at the right time. I think there's an Austria-Denmark double Um so the other teams obviously round about. You think there's a run there to be put together, and at some point, maybe after the Euros tournament, you might see a bit of an evolution in the squad um, because I, I was noting down some of the guys earlier on that are missing Griffiths is obviously a big one. Um, I like Nisbet and Dykes has done really well for us and Che Adams is performing well for Southampton. But in terms of actual natural goal scorers, Griffiths has got to be the best one we've got. Um, he just needs to play. He just needs to play at club level to get him in. Um, but other guys like Forrest will be coming back from injury. And guys on the outside like Ryan Gold, Aaron Hickey, um, Nathan Patterson as well, what you were talking about, it's too early for him, you would think. But... These guys are kind of showing that there's there's something coming and Thomas Tuchel, interestingly enough, was talking about Billy Gilmore just yesterday um, saying that he they think he should go to the Euros, which probably won't happen, but he needs to be in the Scotland squad soon because he's more than good enough. You can see that from his Chelsea
1: performances. I'm surprised actually. Um, I'm surprised Gilmore never went back to Rangers this season on loan, if I'm being honest. I'm sure that conversation was probably had, but... Um, more probably for his side than Chelsea's side to try and get some more game time. Um, but I think if we had maybe went to Rangers or went to the Championship on loan, then he'd have been in the, in the Euros. Um, but ah, you're, you're probably right with what you're saying, David. You've obviously got Forrest coming back for injury as well. You think if he gets a run of games, he would be been in the squad. Um, the boy Hickey out at Bologna, I've not really seen play at all. Um, and uh, He's only 18 or 19, I think. So he's, mm, if, there's one, if there's one space in the Scotland team, up for grabs, it probably is right back or right wing back. I think Scotland will end up playing 3-5-2 and going with a right wing back and Stephen O'Donnell is the international equivalent of Ross Williams. Just fucking pish. So, um, so if there's any, anything up for grabs, then it's probably O'Donnell's place in the right-hand side. Um,
2: I'm trying to be a bit more diplomatic.
1: No, straight to the point. Straight to the point, mate. Stephen O'Donnell gets a bond just runs out of the park. It's like the fucking right-footed version of Williams. So, um, uh, even the boy McCrory at Aberdeen, I think he could do a shift. He's a big athletic boy. I know he plays kind of centre-half, centre-mid, but I think he could do a shift at right wing-back, just getting up and down.
0: Um,
1: and tumble, obviously Celtic's the win. Again, a bit of a weird one that he's maybe no in, but we're, we're blessed in terms of centre-mid. We're, we're quite, we're quite top-heavy. Um, but no, I don't see it deviating too much um, from, from the team that got us to the Euros. I think Dykes up front is his at the moment. Um says to lose unless Che Adams comes in and bags a hat-trick. But, um but no, wasn't looking forward to it. like that, that penalty kick thing against Serbia to qualify. That's one of the best feelings I've had in a I don't know if it was just COVID-related or the fact that you can watch it end or just looking for a wee bit of positivity. Or I don't know what it was, but what a fucking feeling that was, by the way, getting, getting that penalty saves and getting to the Euros. and Looking forward to, hopefully, restrictions being eased and hopefully we can get the boys together and, and watch at least one of the games somewhere collectively because uh, it's been 20, 20 years. <laughs> Waiting to get to the championship, so we need to be most of it. I don't care if we get beat; I just want to get a few beers and get the sunshine and get the football on and see how we do. Um, but aye, well, fingers crossed. We'll see how we go in these next three games anyway. But I um, hopefully, got off to a good start with World Cup qualifiers. it's the point about Turnbull
2: is an interesting one because he's the most obvious exclusion. Um, you kind of almost thought he's a dead cert to be in, but looking at the squad. And in particular, the midfield that Woody pointed on, you know, you've got McGinn, you've got Armstrong, you've got McTominay, you've got McGregor. They, these guys are playing regularly and playing very well for their teams. Um, and then even after that, you get Ryan Jack, um, Christie. Christie's not been on great for but the both of them have done really well for Scotland in the last few games. So you wouldn't leave them out. So even Aaron Hickey, you know, up against Tierney, Robertson, Greg Taylor is a, is a decent backup as well. So there's these guys who are very good on the fringes of the squad, but unfortunately there's probably just not an obvious place for them at the moment.
0: It's, it's interesting because again, the Shea Adams one, we've all, we've gone from this period of what seemed to be a turnover of players We didn't get to finals. And now there's, there's a whole host of players that we've mentioned there that are now either being added or are just maybe coming back from injury or just off, off form that could be within a shout. And I think it would have been a bit different again had Clark already had one stab at this and gone through some of those players. I think his squad, the risk of stating the office, would have been very different if this was his second campaign, as opposed to it's been a a really quick campaign with the qualifying getting through um, the playoffs. And with that, I think as you're both saying, I'd agree, he'll stick to what he knows. He'll not change things up too much other than maybe bring in the odd, odd player here and there. And, and it'll be interesting to see how Adams gets on because he's been in a bit, a bit of good form recently. The Billy Gilmore one, Woody, really, I've got a feeling as well. He, he's been out for a bit with injury this season. And then the fact that with Rangers, if you want to say, you're always going to have pressure at Rangers, but with the 55 or Celtic going for 10 in a row, it was maybe just a timing thing. But subject to what happens at Rangers with other players, like I'm thinking like Kamara, who... I can't believe the difference in, in Kamara from a Rangers point of view. I've, I've seen a couple of the highlights with Finland, Finland, and he looked like a different player playing with Finland when I saw him with Rangers. He was he was doing really good, but he's he's really come on again. And if he has a good Euros, a good summer, and he goes, which which has been talked out in the press, even before now, that could be the move there. Getting maybe bringing Billy Gilmore back up the road next season. I, I think that's maybe one to watch. A couple of other guys in the round of squad, but I think we talked before Davy about about him um out with the show. But Dykes is Dykes has definitely made that shot his own for the meantime, Turnbull. I, I can't even believe he's he's had a bit more of a runner than some other players this season, obviously coming in, playing that European game for Celtic, and he's he's been he's been involved predominantly uh, since then. I like to look at him the good, good to get him in as well. But from a fixture point of view, games coming up. You've got, you've got to win your home games So as you say, David, maybe getting the hard games first doesn't matter. You've got to play them. But Austria at home, you've got to look to get three points. Going away to Israel, um, I would settle for a draw there because I, I think it was the games between us all have been, there's been very little between. They're two boys up front are their main danger if you just shut them out and stop the service. into them, them, um, they are very well organised at the back, so they'll be hard to break down. I would take a point there and then you'll obviously get the Pharaohs, so if you get seven points for those, those first three games, I think that's the minimum target. Obviously going for nine, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, and then obviously onto the Euros, so aye, lots to look forward to, lads. Super stuff. That's us. How quick was that? Oh, is that it? It's a shame. That's it, aye. Unless you want to stay on and talk about how Pish Ross Williams is. That's a completely
1: different podcast and it needs about three Euros. Three Euros worth. Yeah. I've not got that on my notes here.
0: Uh, You don't need notes for that one, David. No, but lads, it's been absolutely top. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully the lads enjoy listening to it and then we'll maybe do something again in the future. So thanks for your time.
2: No, thanks for having me. Thanks, mate. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers.